0: Hey everybody, welcome to the R&R&R show, which is a very very special episode of the R&R show because of timing and weather. As it happens, here's the deal folks. This week is my wife's birthday. And originally we weren't planning on doing anything special to celebrate, but we just found out there are going to be 3 days straight of solid sunny weather out on the coast and we've been wanting to get back in our RV for a while. And so, if all goes according to plan, we should be on the road by the time you are seeing This episode wasn't able to be there for the live uh, broadcast, but fortunately, Chris George of Room and Board has stepped in again. Thank you very much, Chris. Chris and Roel, I cannot wait to see what you've come up with, but folks, I am pre taping my entry, so you're getting a top 15 today. Uh, Very, very exciting. I've got to get to work on that right now because we got to get ready to go. So, without any further ado,
1: Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
2: And hello, friends. Welcome to the R and R and R show. My name is Ruel Gaviola, joined by Chris George. Chris, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I I summoned the gods of weather so that I could make sure that I could get my way in here <laughs> once again on the R and R show. Yes. Uh yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled I was asked back, and I'm just that we get to hang out this time, Ruel, right? because then, last time I was stuck with Richard, and now I got the cream of the crop. <laughs>
2: Thank you, man. Thank you. And you know, we we happen to be on the same team today. I mean, the the red hoodies. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it wasn't planned, but we're just on the same wavelength, Chris. Right?
3: <laughs> That's true. Also, a great game that would not hit my top disappointments of <laughs> whenever that came out because that game is fantastic.
2: Exactly. All right. So, uh friends, we are going to be talking about our top. 15 disappointments of 2022 top 15 disappointments of 2022 and Richard's not here as you saw in the the intro there but he is here via video so we're going to be kicking things off and we're going to talk about our 15 uh, disappointments of 2022 now we should sort of uh, preface preface this by saying Mm -hmm. that you know the disappointments there they may not be the games themselves or the uh, it's at least for, for sure. me, they they sort of fell flat for me, at least on my list. You know, and that doesn't mean they're bad games or bad designers or whatever. Um, just certain games didn't jive with me. Uh, Chris, uh, you any feelings on on your disappointments as well?
3: Yeah, how how I how I wanted to make my list and approach them is more games, not not that necessarily are bad games, and I actually like uh, quite a few aspects of a lot of the games on my list but i think it's games where i was really excited for them and then didn't quite meet those expectations right like yeah. that's that's a different that's a different conversation and and that's 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 a more interesting conversation to have too i think um because these games might hit Really well with some people, and if so, that's great. I'm thrilled that people are having a great time with them. Uh, but but for me, it, they weren't exactly what like what I was expecting to. So kind of like we were saying, right? It's not not necessarily a bad game, but more but more just like didn't hit the mark for me. And then talking about why that is because we're all different and we all like different things, right? Exactly.
2: Um, yeah, that, that that's so true. You know, uh, something that hit with me may not have hit with you, or may have hit with Richard and so forth. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today, friends. Uh, disappointments. You know, it's, it says I think it says a lot about our expectations. You know, as far as uh, games are concerned. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to lead. I'll let you lead off, my friend. Uh, with your, it's going to be our combined list. So we're we usually yeah. do top tens here, but with Richard, we're doing another five, so 15 folks. You get more bang for your buck here. Uh, so, Chris, your number 15, friend. Let's yeah. uh, start with that. You're disappointments of 2022 my disappointment
3: my number five disappointment and this this for a lot of outside purposes and i'll try not to talk too long because we've got 15 to go through and not just 10 so we gotta i gotta make sure i don't you can play the music and get the cane to (laughs) pull me off stage whenever you need um but yeah my number five was a game that I was quite excited for. It funded on Kickstarter in 2019. I better just double check that this is my number five. Well, it is now. Uh, it, it's Trudevang Legends by Come On. Yes. That's the that's my number five. And this isn't for the reason why some people might think. I, I think this game has actually gotten a bit of a bad rap uh, or bad rep rather um, because uh, people people have been a bit underwhelmed by the story. Uh, for me, the story has given me almost exactly what i want it's a very simple choose your own adventure style game uh you're going to go to you're going to take the role of a character you're going to go to various spots on the board and when you're at that spot on the board if there are no monsters you can kind of like investigate the area and then you'll read a passage and you'll be faced with the decision and there's a, the decisions have been fun um that i i actually have been enjoying the gameplay but i was very disappointed with the quality of the actual physical components for this one. that's that's really? my main disappointment for this. Huh. And it's not ne- not necessarily the minis because uh, you're also waiting for like the additional Kickstarter stuff, but it's a bag builder, right? And so b- being a bag builder, you're gonna be drawing these tokens out to see how you can activate your character's abilities. And you have like the world's weirdest bag, and the world's like s- smallest tokens. Um, that like it. It's so. It's so unsatisfying to pull things from this bag. And it like was detracting my experience. Like, oh, no, I gotta go into the bag where my tokens are getting caught in the crease of the bag. Where where I do, where I have to yank them out, or maybe I s- just stuff all my bad ones in there, and then I just break the game. Like, it. it it's just. It's mind boggling to me uh come on i i really love i really love come on as a company i do i i find their games really hit with me some people don't like come on but i i do i like the minis i like the i like the pomp and circumstance i like the epic nature of a lot of their games but for me like they need to step up their game in terms of storage the cards have no place to be put back they don't even include bags where you can hold like actual plastic bags in it, where you can store the 16 different types of tokens. This was a problem with Massive Darkness 2 as well. I I had to throw the whole thing, not the whole thing out, but the the storage out and make my own storage solution. And I think when you're a company of this standard and you're putting out this sort of stuff, the lack of care on the actual user experience is almost almost inexcusable at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think... Uh, So this is almost like this is my way of of calling them out of of how unsatisfied like I think the games are good. I think Trudvang is it's fine. It's what I was expecting. It's not uh, it's not a mind blowing story, which I think people were looking for. But I don't I I don't want that. I didn't want that. I just wanted to read a little small passage of text and get on with like the little the battler. Right. Right. I, 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 I enjoy the game as like a lightweight thing. But I think if you purchase it at that price point um, and you open it up and then you're trying to stuff the cards back in this weird spot that like it, they don't fit, it, it just doesn't lend itself. It doesn't put itself on the off on the right foot, especially when there are so many, so, so many publishers who are investing in like game trays and investing in right. different storage solutions and making their game accessible and making it easy to pull off the shelf. Um, come on, oh, Trudvong doesn't care about that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like the really disappointing disappointing aspect of that the major disappointment um but i think the gameplay is fun but i I couldn't stop thinking about these little nitpicks as i was playing yeah and especially in this deluge of campaign games uh you have to stand out and i think it's putting itself on the back foot uh, is another reason why people might not be gravitating towards it as with some of these other games
2: yeah yeah and i I know i remember it's sort of uh landed with a thud uh you know when it when it came it just it seemed like it was just sort of like okay yeah it's out but then yeah. no, it's like people have already moved on unfortunately uh so yeah yeah that's unfortunate I yeah it's it it suffered a
3: lot from um delays right it was it was in yeah. 2019 and then they said we're gonna take a year and make this game better because they weren't happy with it and i think they should be commended for that for sure. Like they could have delivered the game and just delivered it and be like, we're done. Uh, They've gone the extra mile to like do two wave shipping to try to get the game out sooner. Uh, I, I actually, I, I won a copy of this game before I started even doing YouTube and doing content creation. I, Mm. I, I added my friend is in there as a character. Like, just like name a character contest, and I won it, so I want a copy. And then I added wow. on a bunch of other stuff because I was so excited that I won a copy. It was a good marketing yeah. t- technique yeah, for right. them. I was like, great! Now, like, I can justify <laughs> purchasing a whole bunch because I, I'm getting a discount. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, but uh, okay. yeah, what
2: that's number fifteen, True Volunt That's Legends. number fifteen. That's well 15. done, cool. What you got uh, let's go well. on to our number 14. Now, this one, uh, this was from my uh, list, my contribution to the list. Uh, it is number 14. Now, again, this is not a bad game whatsoever. And actually, I like this game, but I didn't like it at a certain player count. Uh, the game is number our number 14 on the list, combined list, Decorum. Uh, now, this is a cooperative um, game. It's, uh, let me see, let me get it on the screen here. Uh, it is a cooperative game where you're trying to... Um, Build like the the nicest home, like uh, get the decor all nice and neat. And so the way that you want it uh, to, you know, match up and everyone has expectations. Like you see there in the card Uh, expectations as far as, you know, what color or what items you want in a certain particular room. Um, It's got this really cool mechanism, like limited information. So you're trying to you're basically saying, well, I don't know. I don't like this part in this room. I like this part in this room. And with your fellow players, you're trying to eventually come up with uh, the right uh, combination of factors uh, in order to score the most points or to achieve the victory conditions. So I think it's a really clever game, and I like Floodgate games a lot. And actually, Richard raved about this one. Him and Jen really mm-hmm. enjoyed this. I like this at two, and I, I think I, I should you know, preface this by saying I liked it at two, but when I played it at, I think it was a four- or five-player game, it went on way too long. It was like yeah. it totally overstayed its welcome. And that was such a disappointment for me because I wanted to play this game with more players, but then when we actually did and we did some of the harder levels or whatever, I was like, whoa, this is like it should be a 30 minute game at tops. And it was extended over an hour. And I'm like, uh, it just it that just for me it just killed the game at, at the higher player count. But the game itself, I mean, I really think it's clever. Um, I think it's really well done for two players maybe three uh as you can see there you know you have your different rooms and you're trying to you know you're collecting pieces trying to put them down you have your secret objectives and you're trying to make sure that matches up with as many people as possible so uh decorum folks it fell flat for me uh at the higher player counts but i did like uh the lower player count um chris were you able to play this game no i, ha- I haven't played it but i've heard i've heard great things about it Um uh, yeah. but that's
3: that's always tough about player count right like i I understand why publishers want to often like to stretch out the player count because it's easier to sell a game that has more, more options or more potential, even though it like hits, it hits really good at a certain spot and then, and then doesn't with another one. Yeah, Yeah. that's too bad.
2: Yeah, it's almost like it was designed as a two-player game, and then like, oh, we should probably bump it up to three or four to you know right. appeal to a greater audience. But uh, that, that's unfortunate. But again, it's like the two-player game I, I thought was uh, terrific. So cool. that's one of my disappointments of uh, 2022. Let's move on to our friend Richard Hamm. Richard is going to join us via video right now. Okay, number 13 on the
0: list is Wormholes! And I got to say, folks, I went into this so excited because it's from designer uh, Tim McPherson, publisher AEG, and what have they given me when they've worked together in the past? Tiny Towns, which is in my top 50 games of all time. I love Tiny Towns so much, so I was so excited for this. Even if I was a little nervous going in because it's a pickup and deliver game, and that tends to be one of Jen's and my least favorite mechanisms. But I will say, this is an excellent pickup and deliver game, and if you like pickup and deliver it's worth checking out. Unless maybe you're in the same situation as me, because the reason I was disappointed is, actually, the second half of a session of this game is fantastic. Once the wormholes have been built, it becomes this really fun network of shortcuts to take all over the galaxy as you're zipping around trying to pick stuff up and deliver it elsewhere. The problem is, players have to build that network of wormholes. And in a two-player game, it takes a long time before you've got an interesting network network uh, full of interesting decisions to make. And that's what disappointed me. I so wish a tiny bit more work had been done as a two-player, because I suspect at a higher player count game, this doesn't really exist. In a two-player's Two people have to do the work of more players to get all the wormholes built. At a four-player game, those wormholes are popping up twice as fast. So I kind of wish the two-player mode had some kind of like rapid start where, hey, let's just pre-seed the board with some wormholes that belong to a third party or something like that just to get it up and running faster. Because the first third or the first half of the game as a two-player game is just... It's kind of slow, and we kind of feel like we're just going through the motions. And then in the second half, oh, it gets good. So, um, that's why I was a little disappointed. Uh, didn't even film a run-through. Thank you, Ruel. You di- and Michelle did a great demonstration of the game on your channel. Um, and uh, folks, you should go check it out to get an idea. But uh, regardless, that's number 13 on the list, wormholes.
2: Okay. Thank you, Richard. Uh, 13 wormholes. I, you know, I'm going to have to agree. Um, as much as I like yeah. uh, Peter McPherson's games, I, I, that one just sort of fell flat uh, for me. Um, and I think we, Michelle and I had the same problem. Like we enjoyed the pick up and deliver, but there really should have been some kind of like um, kickstart at the at the beginning game where you can see seed stuff and get the action flowing a little quicker. Were you able to play that? Yeah. One?
3: Uh, no, I, they they sent out a call and they're like, "Hey, does anybody want to review this game?" And I read the rule book and I and I said, "Probably not." <laughs> that's what I remember. That's what I remember about Wormholes. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm in." No, no. It, 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 there wasn't anything about. Uh, I read through a lot, like a lot of rule books and uh, I didn't. I didn't really. There wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. Uh, about it, but it's, it's funny we were just talking about player count, and that seemed to be like uh, yeah. yours and Richard's like main qualm with that
2: one. Though. Yeah, funny, funny that how it happened. Hey, spoiler <laughs> alert! We've got a number twelve that I'm already <laughs> showing here on the screen. Uh, Chris, why spoiler don't we talk about your Number twelve here, friend.
3: <laughs> uh, my number twelve. Okay, let me let me make you guys guess. Um, it's the it's a line of games that's uh, that's that's been out for a little while um this is this actually is in 2021 but it released in like november 2021 so i and i played it in 2022 and like a lot of coverage came out on in 2022 so i'm putting this 2022 um this is chronicles of crime 2400 and it's not that i don't like chronicles of crime i remember with chronicles of crime came out and I played the first one. I was like, "Oh man!" I feel like everybody was talking about it. Everybody yes. had that same sort of like, "Wow, this is cool. This is innovative." Kind of sent Lucky Duck on that that path of these app driven, scan and see what happened style of board games that they've done now with like Destinies and their new one, The Dark Quarter. You know, like you can see the you can see the imprint and the inspiration of Chronicles of Crime, like as is, as we've moved forward, and I think it's kind of like a really innovative and, and exciting game. And so really enjoyed playing Chronicles of Crime. Played that with my girlfriend, Renee. And then we played Chronicles of Crime 1400. Um, she got that one for me for my birthday. And I was like, great. Uh, well, she got that one for her for my birthday. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I was like, great. We, we Again, we had a really fun time with it. But I think... So we've worked our way through a lot of these Chronicles of Crime. But when we... Hitting 2400, I feel like we're getting to the point of diminishing returns in that Chronicles of Crime is system, right? Mm -hmm. The same sort of area. And, and so I think because I've seen so much of it now going to the 2400, I'm expecting, I was expecting something new, right? Something new and exciting. You have those little, those little shifts. You have like a little, the robotic implants that you can find throughout the game. And that's kind of cool. But I, I think it was a combo of of not getting enough newness in this new system to to feel like it warranted a new system, um which could be they had the Kickstarter for all three at once. and then and then they released the scenarios when they were done, too. Uh, and so, I don't know if this one felt just like a little less inspired than the previous ones or because i I played it. My, my, our, my, our neighbors are big board gamers as well. So we play games with them and they tried Chronicle of Crime and, I, and they didn't really like it at two-player. And I was like, no, 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 it's great. You're going to see, like, let's take <laughs> 2400. We'll go over. It's going to be awesome. We played at this four-player and then even at that four-player account, which I'd never played before, uh, it felt like there wasn't enough to do. And I was like, oh, oh again, talking about that player count issue, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, oh, I much prefer this as a two player or even now as a solo where I can just read through the story, go do my scanning, try to figure out what's going on and not have to like uh, make sure everybody is is engaged with with like the storytelling aspect of it. So that's that's why this, this one hits on the disappointments. If you haven't played Chronicles of Crime, if you haven't played any of them, Check it out. I think the original is just just great. I mean, I think oh, yeah. you would probably enjoy twenty four hundred as well if it's your first one. Mm. Uh, but I think with the amount that I that I have played, uh, it, it kind of was that that realization of like, okay, maybe I maybe I'm done with this system for a while. Yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. I might have overdosed on it a bit. You know, I might have had too much of it, and right. so and so that's that's why I wanted to. That's why this one jumped out at me a, a little bit because because of that experience as well of like, okay. Yeah. I'm not seeing the reason to keep coming back. Um, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's, and, that's my, that's my number four or, whatever our number is number 12 that's our number
2: 12 (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and that's the thing right Uh, you have these successful franchises right and uh, you would Mm -hmm. like to see them continue to innovate and stuff and but sometimes they're not always going to take a leap forward they're just going to sort of rehash things because i i I love chronicles of crime i thought the original was great um but I, i can see that i have not played 2400 but i can see that where it's like oh you know they're just sort of like you know staying the course and hopefully in the next series they'll come up with some new stuff hopefully
3: yeah, yeah i'm still excited place. to try the the chronicles of time because i have all the all the three and it it uses all of them and mixes them together i'm like okay that could be neat
2: yeah um, yeah
3: but yes yeah, it's so. it's, that, it's it feels a bit formulaic at this point uh Understood. and which yep. which is fine like it yep. depends it depends what you're looking for it depends what you like and if you yeah. want more of the same and you want more of that comfort feeling and then that's then that's perfect for you but yeah. but if you want like the Next level, it, it, it wasn't that for me, and that's what I was expecting, and therefore that expectation was not met, Got which it. is why it, it, hits yeah. the, it hits the list.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. what's interesting, too. About you're talking about disappointments, I'm still gonna play this because uh, you know, I have yeah. chronicles of crime, and I love yeah. uh, I like I think this theme talks to me a little more the whole sci-fi nice. thing. So, uh, this yeah. one I'm looking forward to. What great choice, uh, Chris. You know, it's you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's move on to our number 11. Uh, this one, let's do it. You know, talking about disappointments, you know, I love sci-fi, and this one was a disappointment for me, even though I love sci-fi, Burn Cycle. I was so, so fired up to try this. It it hits on all the buttons for me. It's a a heavier game. It's uh, sort of got a Euro, uh, Dungeon Crawl feel to it. Um, Let me go to the videos, because actually, um, let's see, where is it? Uh, Video... our friend um, Shay Parker here on the channel and myself, uh, we did a video of it for uh, Ronald runs through, and um, here it is. Here, I went nice. over to Shay's place and we played the game. I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. Um, it is a heavier game, and here's the thing: have, I don't mind heavier games, Chris, but mm-hmm. you know when the rule book has, and it just didn't. It for, to me, Burn Cycle did not seem intuitive. Uh, there was a no. lot of, like, edge cases, and, like, yeah. a lot of times, you know, uh, Shay is excellent with rules, and even with Shay, we were like, oh, we need to look things up and stuff, and we need to, you know, and I, I understand that's uh, part of the part of the appeal to uh, heavier games, like, oh, you know, really, you're going to get your brain burned on this, but I thought, to me, personally, it just, it really, um, it was a it was an obstacle uh, to the gameplay. It was a challenge to get through. And most of the time I felt like uh, not only here on uh, when Shane, I did it, but also on my channel when I played a solo game of it, most of the time I was going back to the rule book and going back to the rule book, going back to the rule book, which is fine. And maybe after like 10 plays, you'd have it all in your ingrained in your head. But at yeah. this point in my life, Chris, like I'm losing brain cells by the second. I need those <laughs> rules to be ready to go right then and there. Um, I mean, the, these games like burn cycle the production is out of the out of this uh, it's uh, outstanding it's amazing it's uh, it's expensive <laughs> yeah it's expensive <laughs> it is definitely you know not one of those cheap games and it's an investment uh so you know you really have to invest the time to get into this and i think i, I want to say it would be worth it but for, for me overall it was a disappointment because of the limit of time that i have these days and yeah. just you know um trying to get through that rule book now i know that um they do have a tutorial which which was a good tutorial but even during the tutorial you know i felt like things were missing like oh i want to do all the cool they don't stuff cover enough yeah. yeah i was like uh. so hopefully i mean i know it's gotten uh, other people really enjoyed it and i know at the end of the day uh shea really enjoyed this game and my friend uh uh, Nick Murphy from the Brothers Murphy. he, th- this was his game of the year. Uh, so oh, I can cool. see people really enjoying it. It is a puzzle of a game. It's a heavier game, but unfortunately the rules were like a really big uh, imp- impediment uh, to me. And that's why it was my, one of my disappointments of the year, Burn Cycle.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I found, I found with the rule, but I, have also played Burn Cycle. I, I, I did a review of it too. And, and I, the, the tutorial rule book was just so, it wasn't good enough. It was not yeah. good enough because it didn't explain certain things and you had to figure out like your second and third player, they're finally dropping in. It, it was a tough rule book to get through and a tough, yeah. so many little edge cases like you were saying that like yeah. I, I i enjoyed it as well. I didn't enjoy the trouble game on the side um, yeah. Yeah. Of, of the – I enjoyed the, the the heist part of it. Uh, But the trouble thing kind of brought it down for me. Yeah. It's a really tough one. It's one where like Mm. the powers of the robots make me want to go back and experience them all and try them all out. Uh, And then, and then like it's that back and forth. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I, I like Burnside. I still, I still have it. I still will probably play it again. Like my, my friends really enjoyed it as well and so they're like oh yeah I, I can't wait to get that back to the table i was like yeah oh, good. totally good. i feel like if it's if you have somebody who who is you want to play it with someone who's who's learned it who's gone through <laughs> yeah. that like who's yeah. gone through that struggle and yeah. then you can just enjoy while they do all the managing. And are like, what the heck? And you're just like, let me upgrade my
2: powers and roll my dice. That's how you want to get it. Yeah, that's how you want to get it. So basically, but what what I'm going to fly out to yeah. Toronto, uh, Chris, and you're going to you know, take care of it so I can just do the robot stuff. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, Cool. Okay, let's move on to our number 10. Uh, Rich has got one coming up right now. Okay, everybody. Number 10
0: on the list is Starship Captains, which, again, I was so excited for going into it because I, I've i never really done a poll on this, but I feel like I've got to be one of the biggest Star Trek fans in all of board game media. So this game, which is a love letter to Star Trek from one of my favorite publishers of all time, of course it's going to be fantastic. Again, don't get me wrong, It does what it sets out to do beautifully. It's just not what I wanted to do. In this game, you are the captain of a starship, and really, it's less about the starship and more about your crew that you're managing, with this really brilliant worker placement system that is all about queuing up workers to be in the right place at the right time so you can get peak efficiency of your engineers and your pilots and your security officers and all the rest of it, and your ensigns. And I love the worker placement system. I love the sense of humor. I love the variability uh, from the uh, different... Uh, every time you play, there's three different objectives there that the players are racing for. What let me down... Well, um, a big part of it is, I think you're not really come to play at a lower player count, at two player. The galaxy is so big, players never really tend to run into each other very much. And as a result, I talked about this in the final thoughts that I did with Kimberly. We go into it quite a bit. Uh, As uh, the end result, I really felt like the game was too full of little baby steps. Like, okay, I just do one little thing, and now i got to wait for you to go before I can do my little thing again. And it's not like anything you do affects me at all. And I kind of felt myself wishing there was an alternate mode that played more like Dominion, if you can Imagine. Because if you can imagine Dominion, where, oh, I've got my hand of cards. I play one card and then I gotta wait for everybody else to play. I play another card, I gotta wait for everybody else to play. I'd rather just play my whole hand and then move on. Now, uh, Kimberly rightly pointed out that at a higher player count, the galaxy can be so dynamic, players can make so many changes, that it makes sense to be a bunch of little baby steps. But as a two-player game, the galaxy is not very dynamic, and it really... I mean, Jen and I were just spending so much time, just like, can we just go, go, go? Um, also, there's... I've seen this in a couple other games. It includes a brilliant little system for the solo game where you can have passengers on your ship, and I wish that was there for the main game too, because my other thing is... This is clearly designed to be a gateway game. And so, if you or your loved ones, or anybody you know, love Star Trek and are new to board games, this is great for that. But for uh, you know an old Euro fan like me, who wants heavier, crunchier stuff, I just want to see a little bit more. And I wish those passengers from the Solo game worked their way into the main game. Now here's the deal, folks. This is CG. They're known for making uh, expansion content, and I'm expecting... I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this will get an expansion that really ratchets up the level of depth so it gets a little bit more crunchy, maybe introduces passengers to the main game. And oh, I would so love a variant rule set where on my turn I can just play all my cards rather than just tit for tat back and forth, back and forth, that just kind of drug it down for us a little bit. On the whole, it's great, and I suspect, and Kimberly makes a very good argument, and when she and I talked about it, it's gonna be much more engaging and the, and those issues really do don't come to the fore uh, as much in a, uh, what do you call it, a higher player count game, but at two players, as a huge Star Trek fan, I was a little disappointed in number 10, Starship Captains.
2: Okay, so that was Rich's number 10. I got to play Starship Captains at uh, Gen Con. uh, um, Nice. And I liked it, but at this time, I I felt it, it wasn't as strong a game that I expected. Now, granted, having said that, I should say that I was playing a prototype, so it was still a little early in production, but Richard played one that was a little later in production, and um apparently he didn't like it quite as much. I think the really the the action thing, the how you use the workers, I think it's really neat. But overall, I don't know. It, it it fell again, another game that fell flat with me. Uh Chris, were you able to play Starship Captains?
3: No, I haven't I haven't played it. Your 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 comments don't deter me from wanting to try it out, right. though. Yeah. I feel like it, it it feels so thematic to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it feels like I, I like that sort of trekky world and um, absolutely and so like i I'm, I'm still interested in trying it out out for myself even like th- those sorts of I like this I like this because th- this is exactly what what the what the show should be is that like oh here's some criticisms that doesn't deter me right. I'm still excited to try it out like it Chronicles of crime that didn't deter you because it still it's great it's Chronicles yep. of crime right um That's right. so so, yeah, so I haven't tried it out, but uh, I'm still excited. Even with that, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I can exactly. I can get over that. And you also kind of go in more knowing what to expect, too, which is great. Right. So true. Yeah. So true.
2: Okay. Uh, so that was uh, Richard's. Let's move on to yours now. This is going to be the number nine on the list. Um, this oh, is number uh, nine on the list. Yeah. Not spoiled we, yet. Yeah. What do we have for number nine, my friend? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down.
3: Um, so number nine is again in this is in this larger series of things. This is a smaller iteration in a large series, and that's uh, unmatched Hell's Kitchen, wow. specifically the Hell's Kitchen uh, one. You, I hear a wow because I I feel like this is not a, this is going to be an yeah. argument. For yeah, a while. I
2: love unmatched. Uh, so well, bring it, my friend. We I need to hear why this didn't hit. Well, well, that's the thing. I've heard so many good things
3: about unmatched. Um, I haven't played a lot of unmatched. I got to play this at Origins. They were demoing it at Origins and I was like, mm-hmm. great, I'm so excited. Uh, I can't wait to play unmatched and I think there's so many great things about the system. Uh, I love the line of sight in unmatched. I think that is so user friendly and it deserves mm-hmm. to be commended up the wazoo. Uh, I, I love different I love variable c- character abilities, so I love the able, the ability to plug and play. But my issue was – this is kind of like a two-parter. The one that we played was uh, Bullseye versus Darede- – uh, sorry, Bullseye versus Luke Cage. Luke Cage is in the Redemption Row set with Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. I couldn't pick that one because mm-hmm. Moon Knight and Ghost Rider, they seem like just better characters than Daredevil and Elektra, uh, personally. But uh, our – are (laughs) they do they they fit with moon knight shifting personalities i don't know i i again i i can't can't comment too much on that but i the the this is my only sort of touch point of the unmatched system is this game that i played at at origins and and my excitement for it was like up here i didn't get to play like any games at origins because i was running around trying to talk to everybody in terms of like a media capacity uh and so i was like great we got this origin i have my friend here let's do it let's bang out a quick game of unmatched and then with Bullseye, uh, Luke Cage just teleported to. I was Luke Cage. Uh, I just teleported to beside Bullseye, who's a range character, and I just proceeded to punch Bullseye in the face over and over again. <laughs> and Bullseye couldn't do anything to stop it, like really? nothing at all. Yeah, just oh. like like a zero zero maneuverability. I'm like, he's a range character. He needs to He needs to escape, and yeah. so Luke Cage should be this lumbering guy who, once he gets up close, like that should be the interplay. Um, oh wow! But but Luke Cage was just like, no, I teleport right beside Bullseye, and I just wail on him until he's dead. <laughs> and so both me and my friend were like, like I was happy. I was Luke Cage. Um, <laughs> so of course I had a good time. But yeah. but we we were both like, oh, that's the this is the example of characters that you're putting forward as as a as as an example too, right? It, yeah. And I get that they were put forward as an example because they seem to be a little bit more basic, and you didn't have. The the switching of the abilities of Moon Knight or like the running down your deck of Daredevil, right? You want to put your your demo foot forward. I understand the the sort of confines in which that that situation was put forward, but it was just such it was such a disappointment because That's I know <laughs> I know that there is more out there for Unmatched. match, and I and I know that if I found the right set, right uh, or or, or the fact that these sets might work well together, but then it, then my critical eye comes in and my worry becomes, okay, how well is the balance between all the characters as more and more characters come out? Right. That's the, that's the Mm -hmm. fear that gets, that gets put in with me. And I don't think like, if you're a big unmatched fan, you know, all the, you know, all the stuff this may not, this won't be an issue for you. Right. You're going to have a a weird matchup and you're just going to go, ah, that was weird matchup. The game is quick enough that you can just play a a different one. That will be better. right? Right. Um, and, and, like, I, I really like the system. I like the flow of it. I like how the board is laid out. I like a lot of things about it. And I can see myself really liking the game. So I haven't, like, written it off. Okay. Um, I haven't written it off at all. And, and nor do I think it's a bad game. But I think when you have that potential for those weird, swingy things, and especially when that's, the like, the demo you're putting forward, um, that that I was like, oh, this was incredibly... It was incredibly underwhelming. And, and I wanted that, like that flow, that that back and forth. Or maybe that's yeah. why they, they took those two characters, because it's a demo and they wanted people to be able to try it. So yeah. they're like, great, this will be over quick. Luke Cage, go punch <laughs> him in the face. You're like, now you know how it works. I'm like, okay, yeah. I know how it works, but that doesn't really sell me on picking up both of these copies right now. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah. that was that was my uh, that was my one experience with the Unmatched system, and I haven't written it off. But you, you're an Unmatched fan, Ruel. I am.
2: Yeah. So, and, and you know the, what, what you've said is fair. Uh, not all the Unmatched are created equally. There's you know they have a ton of different characters. They most of them do have you know some special abilities or different ways to play. And unfortunately for that yeah. demo, yeah, it seems like you picked the ones that were the duds uh, of the group, and that's unfortunate because. I've had so many great games of this it's it, like you said the system itself it's really cool it's it yeah. plays quickly and uh, for a tactical skirmish game, you can get mm-hmm. the table with you know hardcore gamers, uh, new gamers, or whatever. And you know they're going to have these IPs that you know maybe they they weren't as developed as they should have been before they released. But you know I was I'm so excited to play Dare, Daredevil because that's one of my all time favorite superheroes. Daredevil, yeah, right? oh, so, Daredevil's
3: freaking great. Yeah, I'm so excited the series is coming back. Yeah, oh,
2: exactly. It's gonna oh, be awesome. God, love this series. <laughs> so yeah, I I hear you on this. Um, you know I would love I I'm glad that you haven't written off the entire series because yeah, are I, like, I think really it was good- just yeah,
3: yeah, I There's think it was just a weird models. pairing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: just one of those things. It's unfortunate, but yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely a disappointment when you come up with one character that just punches you the other one in the face for, and that's the <laughs> game, you know. So yeah, all right, good call, Chris. Uh, I mean, I still had a great
3: time, but yeah. my my friend had a less than great time. So <laughs> so I you know I was like, and that that makes me have a less than great time. Like you want you want you want a game like that ever to walk away being like, oh, that was cool. Like doesn't matter who wins. Right, Um, But just that you felt like you had a chance and that just, you know, could have been could have been the one situation. It's a very small sample size, but, you know, I felt I felt it worth pointing out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely not fun if you're just, you know, it's a one sided match like that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to our number eight. This is going to be off number eight. Uh, Yeah. Number eight is a game that was getting all the love last year. Scout Uh, Friends. I, this may be a bit of a hot take, but Scout did not live up to expectations for me. Um, I did enjoy the game. Now, here's the the new version of it is from uh, Oint Games, which always puts out fantastic uh, productions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a game of you know you're it's a ladder uh, ladder climbing game, I believe is what you call it, where you're you know playing numbers, yep. um, sets of numbers in a sequentially or uh, uh, like numbers, like a pair of fives, pair of threes, or whatever. Um, it's got a really unique system where you do not—you have your hand of cards. You do not shuffle them around. You play. You can either play them, or you can at the beginning of the round you can flip them over, and there's another set of numbers which you can do. And you're trying to get rid of your cards. You play them sequentially, and you're—you know—you're going through it. And you know, okay, this is the thing. This is this is totally on me. This is why I was disappointed. <laughs> uh, just like Bonanza, the classic game from Uwe Rosenberg, Bonanza, where you get a deck a hand of cards, you cannot move them. I am a poker player at heart, Chris, and I get a mm. hand of cards. I want to start shuffling. You got to organize it. I, yeah. I don't know why I can't do, I can't stop doing that. <laughs> and there's been a couple of games of Scout where I've automatically done that. It's like, oh, I just ruined the round. Like now we got to reshuffle, redeal. So that's totally on me, but I don't know what it is. I, I like the game. I think the gameplay is neat, but it's not one of those games for me that I just want to play over and over like all my friends do. And I, I I know I'm the oddball when it comes to this game. I'm the one dissenting uh, vote but it just it was a disappointment to me um even i i have a copy of the older edition which is fine i played the new edition which is fine but it's not one of those i think i went in with expectations of this is game of the year card game of the yeah. year and it was fine uh, it was not a bad game it wasn't a great game it was just one of those games right there in the middle that's why it's our number eight scout yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all that's
3: gonna be a lot of this list is games that have gotten a lot of attention and a lot of hype and are just good, you know? Yeah. I, I liked I liked Scout when I played it. I played yeah. a couple of hands of it and I thought, yeah, this is fun, but uh I, I don't feel feel as passionate about it with the fervor that a lot of people do. Like yeah. a lot of people are like, Yeah, let's do, do Scout right now. I'm like, right. Yeah, okay. If somebody wanted to play Scout, I play Scout. Somebody yeah. wanted to play something else, I'd happily play something else, you know?
2: Exactly. All right. Uh, let's see what Richard's got up on sleeve for number seven. Oh, the
0: longer this list goes, the tougher it gets. My number seven is Marrakesh, which is the latest from design superstar Stefan Feld, my favorite designer of all time. And uh, it's so exciting to get a completely new original design from him. And this one brings back the uh, cube tower that he used to such great effect in Amerigo. So... You can imagine, folks, how... I mean, I, I was ready to crown this game of the year before I even played it. But then I played it. And it is great. But this is the one of the only times I've ever played a Steffenfeld game, and I came away feeling like, boy, you know what? I think this is going to be better at a higher player count than two because, well, I talked about this at great length in my final thoughts. But I mentioned the uh, cube tower. All in this game, it's a cylinder tower because you're dropping these little cylinders in every round, and that's what kind of randomizes the actions you do. Every player chooses three; um, they all get dropped in the tower, and then we take turns drafting. And this is an important core thing that drives the game because often, um, when the uh, Keshis, they're called come out of the tower, and we're taking turns drafting them, I might want the ones you dropped in more than the ones I put in myself. And we take turns getting them, and then those drive the actual actions we can do on our board. And we're doing all kinds of stuff. It's very trajan in that regard. Lots of different um, plates we're trying to keep spinning at once. The problem is... Um, and this might just be a problem with my tower, because plenty of people have commented, oh, Rado, we didn't see anything like this. But my tower didn't work at all. No matter what. I, I tried adjusting all the shelves. I did everything possible. And no matter what, the Keshis never got stuck. Nothing ever stayed in the tower. So whatever we put in was came right back out, and the tower served no purpose. Now, I should say... That's it in a two-player game, when you're only dropping six. We also played three-player, and I did a bunch of four-player tests, too, dropping uh, more and more keshis in, and then suddenly my tower worked. And it became more interesting, and there was a lot more that could surprise you and confound you and trip you up, because you thought, oh, X is going to happen, but what? Oh my gosh, this is even better than what I hoped! And that's the kind of excitement I wanted to see that pretty much disappears in the two-player game. Um, And at the same time, because the tower never holds anything back uh, in the two-player game, that makes the outcome a little bit more luck-swingy than it would otherwise be due to the timing of how the draft works. And so... Broke my heart. The core gameplay is great. I played it as a three-player game, thought it was amazing when the tower was actually working. Jen loved it regardless. And I could certainly see an argument to be made for, it doesn't matter. The draft is important. Just, yeah, ignore the tower. Just, um, always just draft all the stuff. But myself... I want to know I'm playing the game the way that the maestro, Steffenfeld Feld, intended it. And um, I've never been able to get a straight answer. Well, how many things on average, if you're dropping six, are supposed to get left in the tower? And because of that, when we played it, I'm always like... I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is a misbalance because things aren't working the way they're supposed to. It certainly seemed like it. And so that just kind of created this overall air of, "Ah, I'm just not sure if things are working right. And so, um, again, like I said, this could have just been my tower. I've heard from plenty of other people that their towers work just fine. So it's probably just a little personal disappointment. But still, it comes in at number seven of the year for me, Marrakesh.
2: And... I'm going to tell you right now, folks. I did not expect to see uh, Stephen Feld on yeah, this list. Right? <laughs> We're sort of shocked right now. Uh, Stephen, you heard Feld it here one.
3: first. Yeah, but Richard does not like Stephen Feld games wow. ever again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now it's interesting, though. Um, you know that he said he liked it at a higher player count, and that mm-hmm. that makes sense. I, I feel like you know certain games. We've talked about this a few times on the show today. Where yep. the player count really uh, matters uh, for certain games.
3: Yeah, seems like a very valid criticism. I haven't played Marrakesh yet, but uh, yeah. I mean, like, st- let's be real. Stefan is great; his games are are fantastic, right? Exactly. So it's it's about finding that where it hits in that in that uh, great area, and and yeah. clearly just not at two. So try okay. try or just stuff more in there at the start.
2: <laughs> exactly, cool. All right, let's move on to our number six, Chris. It's up to you, my friend.
3: All right, so most of these games on the list. I can say good things about, and I can see how they could be played, but I gave myself one. Uh, I didn't make this my number one because I wanted to leave it on like, a, you know, there were good aspects to it. This game um, is should not exist. This game I did not want. It was sent to me as part of a pack of small games to review, and so I had to do my due diligence to play it, This game is the pizza burn on the roof of the world's mouth. This game is the answer. Whenever somebody says, who hurt you? This game is the answer. Uh, (laughs) That's a little card game, if you can call it that, called Ouch!
2: Ouch! It's,
3: <laughs> yeah, this game, this game hurts me physically. Um, the game, it's it, it should be barely called a game. I'm sorry, and honestly, I'm so happy uh, that we, we we talked about it in, in the pre-show to this. If you want to watch the extended edition, you can see we talked. We were talking a little bit before we got on on stream uh, about Devere Games and Red Cathedral, and it's by yes. Devere Games. Um, I'm so thankful that that game is good. Because I was ready, this game made me want to write off Devere Games entirely. Oh, because no. it was, it's, it's just okay. It's, it's not that bad. I'm just being dramatic for the sake of you know <laughs> have it, being fun. Um, it's you have a card and you grab an edge and you flip it over and you see if you're touching an edge that has cactus on it or not. And if you're touching the cactus, you say ouch. And if you're not, you keep the card. Like oh, what? that's there. That's yeah. There's it again. That's it. It's that's it. Yeah. I don't understand how this game exists. I I don't understand who it's for. I don't understand why in this golden age of board gaming this was even made to print or why they anyone thought this would be a good idea to sell to people. Gosh. If anybody tells you that they like this game, know that they have your worst interests at heart. <laughs> And they're trying, they're trying to, they're trying to hurt you. They're, they're trying to get out the deep despair that lives inside their soul uh, and put it on you. Um, I, I don't know. It's, just, it's just not for me, right? It's yeah. That <laughs> it's was how you like... really feel, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, so I was disappointed because, because like I read through a lot of rule books and I read through the rule books and I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to. But then I was like, no, they like, somebody sent this to me. Like I need to do my due diligence. Maybe it's going to be amazing. Maybe it's a good drinking game. Maybe maybe there's something there. It's there's, that's the game. And that's, it's just, just, it is, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, I had, this is my public service announcement to,
2: If you see that on someone's shelf, run the other way. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Your PSA folks. Number six. Ouch. (laughs) An aptly named game. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Let's move on to the number five on the list. This is uh, my choice. Uh, It is Cryptid Urban Legends. Now, again, another disappointment because I enjoyed Cryptid. Um, I am not normally a social deduction type of fan. And uh, Cryptid, I thought, was terrific. But Cryptid Legends, I don't know. So, okay, here's a, uh, you know, I want to keep this thing positive. I love Quan Chi Moria. I think the artwork in this is fantastic. The gameplay, though, I don't know what they did. They decided to make this just like a straight, almost like abstract game. And you're just trying to get the cubes and go around the city. And one's the monster or the Cryptid. One's the scientist. You go back and forth. And eventually, you find out, you know, if you if you found the cryptid or not. Oh man, I, I just I, I played this. I I, did, I was gonna stream this, but I I played it and I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like this. And mm. it just and then I played it again. I was like, I I think I got some rules wrong. And then I played it a third time. I was like it's just it just wasn't for me um and it was nothing it didn't remind me anything of the original where you had that like oh i've got a little piece of information here of the cryptid and i can try to get over there before someone else does and it, it had nothing of that and it just fell flat for me it was, it was that's why it was just a disappointment um chris yeah. have you played this one I'm, I'm trying to find people who've actually played this
3: I haven't. I know. I feel like um, Alex over at Board Game Code did a similar list, and I think this was on his list as well. Okay. Uh, I, I did think he the, like it? The main no. I think it was. A, it was a disappointment. I, I, I yeah. think. But the main issue is that they're calling it Crypted when it isn't Cryptid. I think Crypted is such a good game. Yeah, I love right? Crypted. It's so yeah. much fun. And so they're attaching that, that well-known title to this thing. And so people go in expecting more of that. Right. And then when they don't get that, then that's, that's, it's hard, it's hard to evaluate the game when you go in with such a different expectation than the thing that you actually get. Right. I I think, and I think that's, that's the, that's been the main and the biggest criticism. I think it's the, it's a branding problem with this. I think if it, if it was rebranded and like ditched the cryptid name completely, you, you, you would have people going in with more of like a fresh take and yeah. and be able to, to not be expecting that other cryptid experience that they were hoping for in a card game and, and actually have like a completely different experience. Yeah, um, I, I haven't yeah. played it, but I think like that from you, from your saying that, and that's what I've heard from a few other people as well. Yeah. They're like, I wanted cryptid. I just wanted cryptid uh, and it's not cryptid. I'm like, well, yeah, then you're going to be disappointed because it isn't cryptid for sure. Yeah. I think that's a a really good pick for this list because of that like expectation.
2: Yeah. And I think you're exactly uh, 100% right, Chris. It was like, you know, my expectations as, you know, authentic cryptid. I came Mm -hmm. in and I was like, this is nothing like cryptid. And that's that's why it was such a disappointment. Uh, Let's see what our friend Richard has for number four.
0: Yeah, why does this keep happening? I do not like talking about things that make me unhappy. But here we are, folks. Number four, Wayfarers of the South Tigris, And... Hey, it's the latest from Garp Hill Games. Sam McDonald and Shem Phillips coming together to make true magic, as they have done with the uh, whole West Kingdom series and uh, you know, the what do you call it, uh, the North Seas trilogies. This is the beginning of their third trilogy, the South Tigers trilogy. I was so stoked for it, and the gameplay here is brilliant the uh the the dual worker placement action where you've got some workers that are private i keep them but i use them on my board as opposed to the public workers that i put out on the main shared board that other players can ultimately end up claiming after i've used them really sharp really fun i love everything about this game i love the setting i love the lore i love the attention to detail i love the art but there's one thing that I can't st- It just killed the game for both me and Jen. And that is, there's this one simple little system where you uh, can put down little tokens as influence. You can spread influence around. The main use for it is to put it on the guilds. There's an area control element. They give you special powers if you put them on the guilds. That's all fine. But sometimes you find you can put those on the actual cards on the board that players are drafting. And what we found is, very quickly, as a two-player game, the best use for those when you are putting them on a card is to evaluate, right, what's my uh, opponent doing? Oh, they need a lot of planets. They need a lot of constellation cards. Hey, there's one right there. That would be perfect for you, wouldn't it? Oh, I know it would. I know you want that. You're just waiting to get it. I'm going to put my little marker on there, and that means you've got to pay me taxes to go pick that up. It's more expensive. Enjoy! Have fun! And we hated that! Um, and it's just, it slows the game down, because every time... And this power comes up, can come up quite often, that you're like supposed to just put a little marker just to put it on a card. And I've heard, lots of people have told me, hey, we don't use it for that. We use it to protect a card. If there's a card I really want, I put it there so that people are less inclined to take it from me. And my counter to that is, in a two-player game, there are so many cards out there, that's really not that much of an issue. Never mind the fact that if you put it on your own card, you are putting a bullseye on stuff that you want, making it... It easier for your opponent to realize that they can slow you down. So, I see no upside to this at all. In a higher player count game, I guess I get, make a lot more sense because things are getting grabbed more often, it's less personal. But as a two-player game, the reality is if you're not using those to block your opponent and bleed them every time they finally get the chance to do what they want to do, you are not using them for peak efficiency and that just adds a layer of, uh, granted, small I mean, it's only an extra coin. It's just one coin that you have to pay. But still, this is a game of tight margins, and that coin can really just slow down your plans. And that's why it behooves me to slow down your plans, so I can keep moving forward. And then you retaliate and block the stuff that I want. And I wish this wasn't here, because everything else about this game would have easily put it into my top five games of the year. But this one tiny little Take that element is so ubiquitous and just touches everything, and I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping when the first expansion for this comes out that maybe there will be uh, an official variant rule saying that hey, whenever that power comes up, you can use it to block a card or protect a card or. You can just go on ahead and put them back on the guilds or something else. There's a dozen other things they could be done that wouldn't introduce this potential cutthroatedness into what is otherwise one of the best euros of the year. My number four on the list, Wayfarers of the South Tigris.
2: Wow. Another, uh, <laughs> I mean, is just, uh, it's blowing me away right now. Like steffenfeld and now Phillips. <laughs> like what is going on here?
3: I love seeing the pain. I love feeling the pain. He he can't do. I, I honestly think I need to give away my nice Canadian card and give it straight to Rado because, <laughs> yeah. like, you can feel the agony, and yeah. also because his pitch of the reason why he doesn't like it makes me want to go out and buy that game immediately. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds incredible. Right? Yes, I want to. I want to watch what my opponents doing, and yes, I want that extra coin. Thank exactly. you very much, please.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it, it's funny. It makes too. me want to get. It. yeah and i've got it set Yesterday. up on my table in the other room right now learning <laughs> it um so i'm going to be soloing this suit on my channel i know my friends and nice. brothers murph they think it's one of their uh, favorite chef phillips designs of all time mm-hmm. so yeah really interesting to hear richard's take on that and i can't wait to play it <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, let's let's yeah, move I, on to our, I, we got our top three do now uh chris we going to kick things off with your number three and i see it right now but go ahead i i'm i'm surprised right. about this but i'm, I'm i want to hear what you have to say
3: Well, this is a game that I just played. I've only played it once. Uh, I, I played it for the first time over this past weekend. Uh, I had a big board game week, board gaming weekend, and I was so excited to try this one out. I've heard such great things about it. Uh, it's got heavy negotiation, which it's such an emphasis on negotiation. You've got these negotiation cards that are so powerful. You can negotiate for anything in the game, and and I was like, yeah, this game. Mm. Give me give me a five hour playthrough. I don't care. Nice. I'm gonna love every second of it. I was so so excited, and then as the game progressed, I got less excited. It feels like it has all these really cool mechanics, and then they just didn't didn't hit with me. Oh. Uh, this is John Company Second Edition. Wow. Um, I. Everything. It, this is one of the things. Why it's my number one is because everything about it, in theory, feels like it should really hit with me, and feels like it should. It should really m- make me excited. And there, there were a lot of good things in the game. Like, and the people who I played it with were wonderful, like awesome people to play with. Uh, lots of fun. But the my my I think my main gripe, because I've been thinking about this a lot ever since ever since I played it. And I was like, you know what? I got, I gotta put it at the top. I gotta, I gotta reorganize the list. I gotta put it right at the top of the list. I gotta talk about it uh in this show. Because uh the the flow of the game it, it basically you're you're taking part of the East India, India trade, East Indies trading company. You wanna basically take as much money as you can while uh and then retiring all your people just just really either run the business into the ground or make it profitable. Who cares? Doesn't matter. As long as you get points, you're the villain here. I'm like, great. I love I love being the villain. I'm, I am I love being a villain in games um, and I guess on this channel. But uh, <laughs> um, but but I'm like, I'm I'm fine with that, that aspect of it then you go through all these steps and you first have the chairman who gets to assign money to the company and everybody has a role in the company on how to make the company profitable. So is the outline of it. Um, but what I, what I think was my main issue is that the chairman who gets to assign this money feels so, so powerful in comparison to all the other roles and and there doesn't really feel like there's a way to oust, the chairman from the game or from their position, you'll retire, you'll roll the dice. You'll see if your people retire. They're more likely to retire as the game goes on. But if they wanted to, like if they were to get ahead a little bit earlier, they could just spend all the funds and neglect it. And it's kind of this weird, it's, it's, it's it's kind of a co-op game because you need to work together to deal with the random events that are happening on the board and you need to like get money for trade and get money for military exploits and whatever um but if the chairman doesn't give you any money to do those things you just you just can't do the things and so you have to really you have to really do your negotiation like okay that's where these really important negotiation cards come in and then they were always too important or not important enough to me to barter with. Or at least that's what it felt like to me. People are like, hey, give me that give me that card that you have there, which will give me like all your money. I'm like, well, well, why would I do that? That's my <laughs> right. only source of income. You know, that's the only time I get money this round. I'm not going to give you this card so you let me do the thing that gets me money only for you to get all the money. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right? And I had some really fun negotiations. Um, I, I was there's a, there's a track of like, what's going to be scored for bonus points at the end. And I was leading on that track. I had the most ships and the, the, the person who was able to manipulate it, the prime minister was like, see, I don't want to, I don't want to manipulate that. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give you one of my ships. Now we're both tied for ships. Now it's in your benefit to do this for me and not tax me. He's like, you know what? That was a pretty good deal. And I like, I loved, I loved coming up with that deal. Be like, that felt so exciting. And there were so many little moments throughout that were really exciting but in the end, I was like, oh, I'm ahead. Hey, everybody vote for me to be the chairman. I'll give you, I was like, I'll give you so much money. I'll run the company into the ground. We can just walk away. And everyone's like, okay, great. And then I took all the money. I was like, nah, okay, go do your thing. But let's just tank the tank the company. Ha ha, I win. You know what I mean? Like, it, it felt it felt like there was a weird, sort of weird balance of power. So like there were both, yeah. there were a lot of bonuses. There were a lot of positives here, but there were also like, a lot of these weird swingy things that I don't know if I would return for another five hour, five hour game. Like I, am not, I'm not afraid of long games. I'll Mm -hmm. play a six hour game of Dune any day of the week. But like, because of the length of this and because of what I felt was like really swingy, it, it was just, yeah, it was just a little it, it was just it was do you know what it was? It was disappointing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I don't think it's bad. It right. was just it was just disappointing from what the expectations that I had going in yeah. versus you know yeah. what happened.
2: That's fair. Um,
3: and that's have you yeah. played have you played John Company? I have you played the, it, it was on
2: my list of like, you know, hey, this looks really interesting. And yeah. Based on your description, I've heard similar things and I, I'm still sort of a mix of like, do I want to play this type of game for five hours? And I'm not sure if I do. And, and that was before hearing, I hearing it's what I just heard you say pretty much confirmed. I want I don't want to do five hours. So
3: yeah. Yeah. If it
2: was, if it was two,
3: two and a half, three, yeah. like yeah. you could, you could then, I, I would say, yeah, it's worth to try. Right. Cause there's some really fun things in it, but mm-hmm. because it does extend for that, that period of time, uh, yeah. I think part of the only reason I was nominated, I was my chairman of tanking the the company to the ground worked is because honestly, people were getting tired. People were getting <laughs> tired of it. And they're like, you know what? If we tank the game, it ends around earlier yeah I'm okay you know yeah and so like that that sort of outside influence wasn't even like a strategic thing on my part yeah, it was just people yeah. being like you know what I am a bit tired okay <laughs> let's let's see what happens right it yeah. was like
2: let's burn to the ground and see what happens so, <laughs> so you basically yeah. won the war of attrition yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's exactly well done, it. my friends well done okay <laughs> let's let's move on number two uh, this is number one on my personal list and mm-hmm. this I mean you saw Rotto pained over his last game you're gonna see me in pain right now my yeah. number two biggest disappointment of 2022 was Twilight Inscription. Now, I I am a huge... Okay, Twilight Imperium, folks know uh, here on the channel, that's my favorite game of all time. And I love it. And going into things, I was so fired up about Twilight Inscription. It's a roll-and-write uh, version of Twilight Imperium. I, and going in, Chris, I was thinking it's either going to be the greatest roll-and-write of all time or the absolute worst roll-and-write of all time. Mm-hmm. And what I found was a good game but it didn't it didn't fire the emotions it didn't stoke the emotions that i thought it would i thought it was either going to absolutely love it absolutely love it or hate it and i turned yeah. out i was like it's cool it, it was a game it, it was not a bad game Uh, It just didn't live up to the hype for me, and maybe I just built it up too much in my own personal head here, headspace, where I thought it was going to be this amazing. I mean, it was good. Um, It's got multiple uh, player boards. It's really interesting rolling, right? Uh, You're going to do a lot of combos where one thing is going to trigger on one board. It's going to trigger off another. You have to gather resources to you know um, do other things, uh, fly around the galaxy. And then you have a combat system, which is really interesting, where you're doing almost like... um, polyomino pieces where you have to get your ships in order and then the the combat's a little funky as far as like you can only attack uh the opponent on your left or right sort of like with seven wonders style um so that wasn't too bad but just overall i was like you know i i know i wasn't supposed to expect the twilight the actual twilight imperium experience but i thought it mm-hmm. would be just a little more than it was um and it was disappointing. I think I'm more disappointed in myself for building it up to be like the next biggest thing and like the greatest Roll and Ride of all time. And, you know, if I had to choose, like we talked about this on the pre-show, folks, hit the eye in the top right corner if you want to see the extended version of this show. We talked about uh, the Roll and Three Sisters. And I thought that was a wonderful Roll and right. Plays for about 45 minutes, and that was a brain burner, you know? And that was a mm. great experience, a really cool theme. And then Twilight Imperium, this I thought it was going to be my jam. It's a 4X, it's a sci-fi thing. I got it, and it's like, Honestly, I'd rather play Three Sisters. Yeah, I'd rather tend to my a vegetable garden, you know. And um, it, it's it was just it was such a bummer to me. It was a disappointment. But would I play it again? Of course, because I still have it. I'm not getting rid of it. I, I love the Twilight Imperium universe. And I think there are some really neat things like they tie into the original game. Like you still have the factions. You have some asymmetric abilities. You actually still have the negotiation, the diplomacy of it, which surprised me. But I don't know if I really want that in a role and right. After I played it, I was like, oh, this... Might not really be my jam, but um that, that's why I was disappointed. That's why it's my number two. But I'm still not getting rid of it. I'm still keeping it because yeah. I love Twilight Imperium. <laughs> uh, were you able to play this one, Chris?
3: Nice. Uh, you know, I had the choice this weekend. To, uh, people were setting up for Hadrian's Wall and people were setting up for Twilight, Twilight Inscription, and uh, and I was like, I haven't played either. Which one do I choose? Yeah. And I opted for Hadrian's Wall, uh, and I did I didn't pull the trigger on Twilight uh-huh. Inscription. But uh, it's again, it's one that I would like to try. That's those sort of combos. Yeah. Um Yeah. But did I make the right choice, Ruel? Have you played Hadrian's I, Wall?
2: I haven't played Hadrian's Wall, but from everyone I know, every single person I've talked to, all my <laughs> friends, uh, people on the channel here, Hadrian's Wall is the the superior game. Uh, but slightly it's uh, I guess yeah it i feel like they probably want. do they're, they're do similar to, like yeah, yeah hadrian's
3: wall is two two boards twilight inscription is four boards right so yeah. you can do for sure more combos between the two but they're both like that yeah. sort of combo tastic exactly uh,
2: hey nice nice word there fire
3: <laughs> I, I made it up entirely my own word that i came up <laughs> nice. with right now
2: <laughs> and let's certainly didn't steal wh- from yeah. you <laughs> yeah let's see what richard's got for the biggest disappointment number one 2022 here we go friends And now
0: finally, the number one most disappointing of 2022, for me anyway, has got to be Marvel Champions, the new Mutant Genesis expansion, which broke my heart. And folks, this is where I get off the Marvel Champions train. I have been a die-hard lover of this system ever since it came out. I've gotten everything, but I am done. And now, I should say, this is not because I personally am not the biggest fan of the X-Men. That's neither here nor there. There have been plenty of heroes that have come along, and I'm like, I don't particularly care about that hero, but wow, I really like how it's implemented. And to be fair, the heroes here, as always, the design of this is just Spot on. So smart. I'm constantly impressed by how well the design team really brings new, true-to-the-heroes gameplay with their system over and over again. Let's, uh, let's see. I haven't filmed it. Let me just go ahead and I'll use this picture because it looks like that is all of the cards. Let's just zoom in and, uh, and just look at the cards a little bit while we're talking. So anyway, uh, it's not because of the X-Men. The X-Men, fine. Um, it's... well, And it's also not because... Well, the first thing that really struck me when I sat down to play this, the very, very first mission is an attack on the United States Capitol where bad guys are coming here to attack senators. And, oh my gosh, some of the cards have imagery straight out of January 6th. Now... I'm willing to give that a pass, because I'm sure the developers are like, oh my gosh, we've already commissioned all the art, we can't do anything about this! You know, because these things were developed way in advance, but that's just... I'm just going to chalk that up to bad timing, Uh, but it really left a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, aside from just the unfortunate parallel to real-world events, what more bothered me about that mission, and every mission, because I looked through all of them, even though I didn't find myself wanting to play any of them, is they continue to double down on throwing away what makes Marvel Champions so special. The focus on the heroes' personal lives. That they're not always fighting nonstop, That they take breaks from the fights. That they go home. That they interact with their loved ones and the things that make them people, as opposed to just punchy, punchy superheroes. And over the uh, ensuing years, ever since it's come out, they have just walked farther and farther away from that. Through the design of their missions, throw away what was so brilliant. The fact that these uh, events were not just things that take place over an hour, but take place over weeks. The first mission of this game didn't have to be a January uh, 6th parallel, because the villains didn't have to be storming the Capitol. The whole thing is, uh, you know, the gameplay takes place over 30 minutes. It could have been, oh, they've already kidnapped uh, Senator Kelly, and they're holding him. And so the whole mission is us, you know, doing all of our thwarting to try to find him and save him. And of course, we occasionally take breaks and deal with, you know, our personal lives and stuff like that. Ever since, I mean... That they have just more and more walked away and just made every single mission, and most of the missions here really can't be viewed any other way than, yeah, this takes place over 15 minutes, this two-hour game we're going to play, when with simple little tweaks to the story, they could have made them much more interesting long-term things that last for days and weeks, so that you could really play up the alter ego side of the heroes. And at the same time they've been walking away from this, uh, the you know, the cool uh, notion of mission design that takes time, that the setting takes time, they are also walking away from even trying to delve into the personal life. When I got out Cyclops, like I said, I'm not the biggest X-Men fan in the universe, but I know Cyclops was married and has a kid, and there's nothing in his alter ego stuff. What's his alter ego card? The danger room. More hero stuff. So the uh, the line between the personal lives of the heroes and the, and the heroes themselves has just at this point been completely obliterated. They're not even trying anymore. And so that's why I'm disappointed. What started out so special, so unique, still delivers on the gameplay. I can't stress that enough. So if you don't care about the verisimilitude of the true Marvel Comics experience, which is just as much about interpersonal relationships as it is with punching and kicking, and if you just want nothing but punching and kicking, hey— Have at it. Mutant Genesis does a great job, just like all the others. But unfortunately, this is where, like I said, folks, I've got to get off um, because the designers have uh, declared, we don't care about that. We're just here for the punching and the kicking. And I want something more from my Marvel champion. So I'm just going to stick with the earlier stuff. And I'm a little disappointed with Mutant Genesis. Okay, back to you guys.
2: And... You know, this this actually was no surprise. I, I, Richard's been sort of gun, getting off the bandwagon uh, of Marvel Champions uh, for the last few months or maybe the last year or so. But still, it's pretty funny to hear him actually say, yep, that's it. I've had enough. No mas. <laughs> I,
3: I, I love it. it just the, the objection being too much punching and kicking. Um, that's what I would want from... A, I've never played right. Marvel Champions because I'm scared of living card games. I'm scared I'll spend all of my money on every single thing. But that's what I would want. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm I'm a punching and kicking guy. Richard cares yeah. about people and their personal <laughs> lives, and I just I you know if they're rescuing Senator Kelly, I don't think they should go go home and have a bath and take the kettle off because they left the. I think they should finish the mission. That's me personally. <laughs>
2: right. I think they got to finish the mission. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today for the RNR show. It's been really great. um Before we get out of here, any uh, final words?
3: No. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's It's been a blast. Uh, as many of these that I can cram my way into, I will. Nice. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this won't be the last time and we can do this
2: again sometime. Absolutely, my friend. Okay. And uh, that's it for now, folks. Thanks again for watching and stick around and check out something else on the channel. Talk to you later. So long. Bye-bye.